This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to Unlocking Astrology. Hello, everyone, from wherever you're joining us, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Samuel Reynolds, the key master himself, the founder of UnlockAstrology.com. Hello there. Hello, Karen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we um, are making our trek here, and I'm grateful again because I'm feeling less, you know, somebody in the chat was like, thank you because you know, I was raised a Christian and I was raised to believe this is, you know, demonic and that we shouldn't pursue this. And we've talked about this in previous lessons. So uh, y'all can go back and look at that. Actually, we've had this conversation a couple of times, but I feel less uh, spooky about having these conversations with you. And I was like, me too, me too. I also was raised to believe this is witchcraft and all of this other stuff, numerology. And we, you know, the Bible talks about div divinity, you know, uh, divination and, and we shouldn't be pursuing that. Uh, but I feel more enlightened, not from this woo-woo place, but that, you know, we are taking a scientific historic journey, and this is just one more element to, to examine yourself through. It's not correct more than that, but um, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I've had a number of clients like this over the years, and, you know, and I also understand it because I've come from that world, too, um, you know, a couple different ways, at least one fully immersed in the religious Christian tradition, and then kind of dealing with it from the Muslim tradition, more, you know, not as fully immersed, but, you know, have, having to think about since I was committed to the Islamic way of life, what does that mean, you know, for me as an astrologer as well? So I, I'm very sympathetic to that, that, that feeling. And like I said, there are ways in which you can lose sight of the divine if you kind of become too preoccupied with, you know, using astrology or using divination that you're not also attentive to faith. Because sometimes you can have a paralysis of analysis with anything. Period. And and uh, pray to false idols or, or work mm -hmm. false idols uh, in many different ways. We do it, you know, um, if we really examine ourselves, which is the goal. So, I thought it would be interesting because somebody wanted to also know about Black people. You have done, uh, in, in the past, we've had conversations about, you know, 1619 and what that chart looked like. And you recently also did, uh, you know, uh, Derek Chauvin's chart. You did Minneapolis's chart. And somebody said, I would love to see a chart of Black people. <laughs> and I was like, is that a thing? And you said, yeah. So, so let's talk about that. So let me... um share my screen and let me go to the share. So I've given a talk on this a few times and I call it the astrological destiny of African-Americans. And <clears throat> obviously <laughs> we're not gonna give the talk, the talk is 90 minutes, but I wanna give the short answer to this question. And then, you know, some of the things I talk about here. So I talk about the African presence in the Americas and there's various different ways by which we can look at it. But I wanna show at least one chart about the first Africans. And when I say the first Africans, I know this is controversial, so let me clarify. There are many people who are of the, the, the school of thought that Africans have been here, you know, in the Americas, mm -hmm. you know, whether we're talking about, and this is why I also make homage, homage to the Olmec heads in, in, in Mexico, 
So it's not me saying that there were no Africans before roughly sometime between August 25th, August 30th, because I'm going to give you two dates in contemplating the presence of Africans in America. So, um, so more, than, more than it being, because before Columbus, I mean, clearly, you know, there are maize, uh, corn in, on the hieroglyphs in, in Africa. So clearly there was some sailing here, the ocean blue. And so yeah, Abu Bakari. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm saying like, that's not a natural crop in Africa. So that it exists in Africa in, in hieroglyphs that Africans wrote about corn means that there was some sort of exchange that the pyramids in both places means that there was some sort of exchange, right? In Mexico and in, of course, Africa where the great pyramids are. So we're not saying that, but I, I think what we're doing here is the um, beginnings of bondage, the beginnings of the denigration of black people. Black people have right. been here since the beginning. So to do a chart of black people was to do a chart of people, of right. humanity. And at, at one particular point of a one, you know, a particular set of people. So in the question, and there's a ongoing question, especially if we get into Sinology, what are black people? Are we Pisces people? Are we Cancer people? Are we Aries people, blah, blah, blah. And there are ways in which classically, you know, um, different nations, different kinds of people were divvied up, right? So supposedly um, England, Britannia was seen as Aries nation, even though it's a, officially became, you know, England, uh, December 25th, I think 1066 with William the Conqueror becoming the King of England, right? That's its official coronation. Now, there are particular dates related to nations. So when people ask like, well, what are we as a people? Well, one, I think the key thing to remember is that we are the embodiment of the Zodiac, all of us, right? So it's not like, oh, well, you know, black people, we're a cancer people. And, and I know some astrologers have said that, oh, we're a Pisces people, you know, if we're African, and I do claim myself as African, you know, am I talking about myself in diaspora? Or are we talking about, you know, on the continent? That might be, quote unquote, two different sets of people. Um, but I like to focus on particular charts, rather than just saying there's one chart that highlights the story of African people or Africans in the Americas. So this is one particular chart that I use. Now, this is actually a rectified chart um, from an astrologer, Mark Penfield, who is, a, I believe, a white astrologer from August 30th, 1619, 10 a.m., Hampton. I want to show folks, I also have the discovery of Brazil, you know, the American chart, the Sibley chart. Um, I'll get to maybe another time of Virginia Dare. But here's another chart that was proposed by a brother. His name is Vernon Robinson Jr. at Norwalk. And he's using around that same time frame. anyone who paid attention to the 1619 project from the New York Times will be familiar with that there's a time frame for when the first Africans arrived. And it's not that we actually, according to the date books, have an actual date. And rectification for those who are not familiar with that word or the process is where we take particular significant events from someone's life. But now we're talking about African-Americans and you do sleuth work to try to figure out backwards what might be the date or the time. So for instance, let's say, Karen, you didn't know your birth time. I would ask you or say, can you give me 20 significant dates in your life? Like when your father passed or 
um, when this thing happened or when you had your first, well, I guess your only marriage, um, these particular things, I would take those dates and see how they would line up with a hypothetical chart that I would start to formulate to figure out the time that matches most of those dates or events in your life. So that's the process of rectification. It was a service that I used to offer more readily. I haven't done a rectification in a year because to be honest, I don't have as much time right, to, to do it. But that was something I used to do. So this is a rectified chart where Vernon came up with this time of 12.06. Now, the one thing I will say, there's not a big difference between the, the charts, believe it or not, even though there's some measure of degrees, we both have the sun in Virgo for this particular time frame. Mars is opposite to Pluto, which I will clarify as very significant. Both have Scorpio rising in the chart. Um, the only big difference is that this has a moon in Pisces and this other one has, sorry, a moon in Taurus. Now, I like both charts, but you know, um, I think there's wisdom in both. So this particular chart really highlights, or both of these charts highlight really what was going on with these first Africans. So the story is that they were, there were these Africans who were originally going to the Caribbean. Um, they took over the ship. They end up, um, and it was called the White Lion, right? So this is even going with some more irony. Um, and then they end up, not necessarily, because a lot of people say that there's another part of Virginia that they end up, but they were actually in Hampton, or what we now call Hampton. And they ended up there. And they were indentured servants. And so this is usually how they're described as indentured servants. Now, technically, as we've been able to find in history, they may have had some point of manumission. But this is also the point, as we have now more Africans coming into the new world, whether we're talking about as far as Massachusetts or far north, or even in Virginia, this is also the point, the transition point, where more and more people were as indentured servants then were reduced to slaves, right? And didn't have that period of manumission at all, where you know more and more white people became afraid that but all these black people here, maybe we need to like constrain them and blah, 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 both in Massachusetts, um, where there was no quote unquote formal, supposedly no formal slavery, but then also down in the South. So this was a transition point. And this chart, both of these charts actually, capture that story, how? So Mars is in Scorpio um, and it's highlighted and it's rising in the chart. Now we wouldn't be able to see Mars with the naked eye if we were looking, you know, cause it's daylight um, so for their supposed arrival here. But Mars is in an opposition to Pluto. That straight up power struggle that also can be symbolic of rape. It can also be symbolic of where one loses some sense of power um, and authority in one's life. You know, I talked about Pluto before as where one has the sense of power, but also in terms of how we experience depth, not death literally, although Pluto can also relate to death, but where you're pulled into the, the vortex, the depths of things. So with that Mars-Pluto opposition, it really does highlight the key element of what our story became. And dealing with also Venus being at the top of the chart, Venus right here, what I'm pointing to, that's significant 
in a lot of different ways. But one of the things that I also talk about in this lecture where I give on the African-American destiny is how much of this started off with sugarcane, how much of this started off with why people needing sweet things, right? It wasn't cotton at first, right? You know, the maturation of enslavement goes from just off the coast of Africa, right? In terms, I believe the Canary Islands and developing crops that are related to sugar, then someone decides like as we, as people discover the new world uh, for Europeans, that we could also export and deal with that crop there. And then that's when we also have enslaved people going toward, you know, in terms of the Caribbean and then into North America. So this makes me think of Venus, both charts, being at the top of the chart, dealing with the sweetness of things. But Venus also signifies, especially with her being in Leo, where we might shine related to Venusian things, entertainment, sports to some di dimension, where we also shine in relation to that sense of talent being at the top of the chart. Um, uh, so I think that also gives the story in which we're you know, involved in the story of America. Um, we can see here that this is a full moon, right? This particular chart, the August 25th chart, uh, the August 30th chart is more along the lines after a, um, it's more so going toward a quarter moon. So this is more like a disseminating moon. And again, we don't know the exact date, the exact time, but we can conjecture sometime between the 25th and, 20, and the 30th as the arrival for these indentured Africans. But like I said, there's a lot of similarities between them. And, you know, people might say like, well, why Virgo, right? In terms of that time frame, why do you think Virgo matches? Think about the skill set and the level of work that we brought into this country, right? I mean, that's very important. I mean, Virgo really highlights, and this is something I talked about when we talked about the signs. Virgo, you know, really does get into the measure of work, skill, refinement, you know, aspects of practicality. We built this nation. You know, this is in incontrovertible to me at least, and I think also to you, in terms of the level of work, also the level of skill. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, many of the people who, many of the enslaved Africans who came here came also with skills, right? Being able to do things. They just weren't like, you know, you're out there doing things. There was, you know, you're out in the field. You know, there were metal workers. Um, definitely, if we had been allowed to use our languages, there were people who were skilled in their languages, not just in terms of griot, you know, a lot of things, you know, uh, one thing to remember about West African history is that it was a, as we might describe it, a melting pot of various cultures and various people, including Islamic people who were well-versed in the Quran, well-versed in Arabic and Arabic aspects of learning. Um, like I mentioned, metal work, aspects of medicine, all these different skill sets that we came with um, by virtue of and that's, that's Virgo, especially with the Mercury being very strong in Virgo. There's a lot of strength to this chart. And that is a testament to the strength of the people who were brought in under forcible conditions and would come to be some measure of forcible conditions. It may not have initially started with that in the first generation, um, but by the time that we got to the second generation, it was so. 
This uh, is infuriating on so many levels because, you know, our history has been distilled into like these folks uh, pack like sardines in the holds of ships. At least that's the history that I was taught uh, mm -hmm. at Catholic school. That was the, the one chapter on slavery. And that was all we learned about black people. And, you know, you, you just see them in their loincloths, their naked breasts, and all you see are savages. You don't mm -hmm. see you don't see the the, med, the 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 doctors. You don't see the people who speak five languages. You don't see the mothers and the fathers and the brothers and the uncles. You don't see the leaders. You don't see uh, the mathematicians and the scientists. You don't see the metal workers and the and the the great artisans and the farmers who actually literally brought rice to Car to the Carolinas and indigo and all of the things that uh, made America and the Americas and France and England and other places, great lumber out of, out of the Congo, um, literally built nations yeah. off of our labor and, and ingenuity and intelligence. And that's never synonymous and that's never really spoken about. So- And it's uh, right here in the chart. I mean- Yeah, I'm very, grateful, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there as the testimony. So, and, and I do wanna say this. So this is not the chart for all of African African American history. You know, we don't, even though I talk a lot about this chart related to American history, and this is just one chart that some astrologers use called the Sibley chart. And it's more of a hypothetical chart. There are other people who question, was the actual Declaration of Independence signed at 5, 10 p.m.? And some people also use more the Articles of Confederation chart, which was later. So you know, one of the reasons why you might see a couple different charts that I'm mentioning here, I also talk about Venus cycles. Venus is also, I think, very important in African-American history. And I'll get into this. This is actually my friend, Nick Dagan Best. Um, and he talks about the cycles of Venus. He's a Canadian. So he didn't have necessarily, and he's, you know, I think a very cool dude, you know, um, he didn't have a vested interest in doing research related to like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm, look at what happened, what's happening with Black Americans and blah, blah, blah. He was more so, what is happening with Venus when he looks at particular cycles related to her retrograde, which happens roughly in terms of, um, you know, every few years along a particular cycle. And to find out, does, he just wanted to see what happens. This is kind of his research. And what he noticed, it seemed to be paralleling, you know, very strong events in Black American history related to injustice and cycles of justice, injustice and racism. Now that stood out for me, especially seeing Venus was at the top of the chart. And one of the things, now this is only one marker. I mean, some people have been up in arms, including some black people like, are you just saying that by virtue of looking at one planet, you can talk about when we can expect disruption in America? No, or with African-Americans. But you know, Venus is a planet which talks about creating harmony can also talk about by ways of talking about harmony, what is disharmonious, meaning, you know, like also creates dislike, right? If you talk about like, well, I, I love, you know, this, you know, I, I love our people so much. And this is kind of an argument that you hear from certain people. I don't mean like just in terms of black people. I mean, I'll just say it, white people, you know, it's not like I don't, I don't like, you know, Negroes or, or black people. I just really like prefer to be around my own, right? I don't know why I'm taking on that Southern accent for it, but you get the idea.
But this is a, a certain sensibility that he was highlighting. Now, why is this important? Well, one of the things looking at the Venus cycle um, from 2012 and then looking at 2020 when Venus retrogrades in Gemini is that we see immediate parallels between someone dying, right, and getting killed, you know, even though this is kind of more of a thing, but, um, but in terms of how it exploded in 2012, I was able to predict, oh, 2020 is probably going to be explosive along the same lines because Venus is going to go in her retrograde cycle in Gemini as she does every eight years um, mm -hmm. at this particular time. And sure enough, we did have like a very explosive 2020 related to that. So this is something to- so 2012 this, was Trayvon Martin, 2020 yes. was George Floyd. Yes, right. And also what was interesting around the same time in February of 2020, um, I'm blanking on the brother's name who was killed by these vigilantes in his neighborhood or in their neighborhood. Um, the What's the, the brother's name? Oh, Ahmaud Aubrey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and that was covered up like Trayvon Martin for at least a month or two before it became more public knowledge. Mm -hmm. So we had these same issues. So I, you know, where I say affection, confection, disaffection, where we can have these different issues, but you know, there are different charts that we can look at related to these particular moments in our history. You know, whether we're talking about this in terms of the birth of, you know, Black Lives Matter or, um, you know, I talked about it in relation to Venus, but there's all these other charts, the Slave Rebellion in Haiti, where we can talk about it from August 14th, 1791, the destruction of Palmares in Brazil, right, where we also have these moments where we look at, again, Taurus is rising. Oh, wait, wait, that's 1694? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and Palmares is significant, especially, I don't know if you're familiar with the idea of Palmares. Um, that was the Quilombo and the Quilombos that were in Brazil. And this was the main Quilombo that where you had bastions of resistance of, of Africans, some of them who had long escaped enslavement in Brazil. Because one thing to remember um, is that Brazil was probably the focal point for enslavement in the New World. Right. And then also has, as we now know, the greatest number of people of African descent outside of Africa. Mm. Right. So this was the destruction of a community of people who um, from February 6, 1694, that time is approximate. I don't know the actual time in which it was actually destroyed. I haven't done a rectification related to it. You might say like, OK, this is just a chart. And I haven't, I'm not expounding on it as much as like, it is interesting to notice that the polarity, 16 degrees Taurus might be rising related to it. But I'm kind of bringing up these different charts to highlight that there's no one chart, right? As much as we can talk about these individual charts, including the first chart I showed as highlighting the struggles of African people in the Americas. Nat Turner's rebellion, you know, from August 21st, First, 1831, you know, Southampton, Virginia. Um, then I also look at the Emancipation Proclamation, which is an interesting chart. We also see Mars is very active in that chart. Um, where are we dealing with the aspects of struggle in this country? Supposedly Saturn is exalted and Libra and, you know, conjoined to the ascendant. You might say like, this is a point of, yeah, freedom, but it really was a point of also dealing with our burden because Neptune and 
the planet that deals with illusion, delusion is right also opposite to it. So it's, it was always kind of a shaky promise and a shaky statement. And again, to note that it was January 1st, 1863, but as most people know, especially with Juneteenth, it wasn't until, you know, I won't say many, but you know, several years later where it actually became like more of an actual thing. And then, you know, I talk about some other interesting tidbits, you know, in terms of August being a very critical month in the history of Black people. And I just highlight some particular dates that, that stand out related to what happens in August. You know, we talk about Black August, but I don't think a lot of people, especially, you know, some astrologers talk about so much that has happened related to our history. Note the San Quentin Rebellion is the same date as Nat Turner's Rebellion. Mm. August 21st, but this was 1971. First indentured Africans arrive in Virginia. Gabriel Prosser and Nat Turner started their slave rebellions. Black nationalist Mosiah, uh, Marcus Mosiah Garvey was born. The Underground Railroad was formed. Dr. King delivers his I Have a, I Have a Dream speech, which is pretty much um, just a day after W.E.B. Du Bois passed away. Fannie Lou Hamer also the day after the rebellion um, San Quentin and also in terms of um, Annette Turner delivers her famous Democratic uh, speech at the Democratic National Convention in 1964. Um, and, you know, what's interesting also about this that I, I don't know if I draw in here. Yeah, I talk about the Dog Star Sirius, um, which in Egypt we used to call it Sotpet or um, now we call it Sirius, the Dog Star rises pretty much now in August and has been for the last several hundred years. And that's interesting to me considering the long history of African people who've centered much of their cosmology around the dog star, including the Egyptians, but also the people of Burkina Faso, who, you know, we call the Dogon or they call themselves the Dogon people. Mm -hmm. So they also honor that same sense. And so I think I also think this might be an interesting August too, August 2021. Um, I think that's often, I think, um, a galvanizing month for Black folks. Well, you know, the other trial of the other officers starts. Which one? Uh, the uh, the Derek Chauvin, um, the other officers that- Oh, involved that case, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Hmm. Yeah, so- um, it's literally dog in the Dogon people's name. It is. Although I think that's unintentional. But yeah, it is. I mean, but who named a dog a dog? Did the Egyptians call them dogs? Like, I feel like- No, I don't, well- Everything needs to be re-examined, Samuel. Well, well, you know, why is it called a dog star? I don't, I mean, I know that that particular, because Sotpet is not related, wasn't called by the dog star. It's called, you know, Sotpet is said to be the wife of Sahu, the hidden one, the constellation of Orion and mother of the falcon god, uh, Sopdu, um, representing Venus. So it was feminine. It wasn't seen as dog. That, I believe, the dog star was given from the Romans or Greeks. And it was called, so you've heard like the dog days of summer. Mm -hmm. The dog days of summer directly come from the idea of serious rising, but that was also probably correlated to where the dogs are you know, panting and, and, you know, hot and all these different things. The other reason is that the name of the star that Sirius belongs to is called Canis Major, mm. right? So that's also, 
Canis, which mm -hmm. is Latin. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. So anyway, so the other charts I look at and talk about in this lecture, you know, in terms of famous or notable people in African, African-American history, Frederick Douglass. I talk about what I would conjecture as a hypothetical chart of Booker T. Washington, um, also book, uh, his, his opponent, W.E.B. Du Bois, right? And then also his other opponent, Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Then we do have a chart, we believe, for Malcolm X and Haz Malik El-Shabazz. And then we also have Marcus, uh, Martin Luther King's chart, which we also believe we have the accurate birth time. Fannie Lou Hamer, we do not have her actual time, but this is also somewhat important to pay attention to. Barack Obama. And I, you know, I go through the themes related to that. I mean, I'm not doing it now. I even looked at the whole Black Panther moment, you know, and looking at it in terms of Ryan Coogler's chart, you know, in terms of what that might mean. What was interesting for me is that Ryan Coogler's chart, which we do have a birth time for him, is exactly conjoined to that Venus that I talked about in the, um, the indentured servant's um, arrival in Hampton, Virginia. And it also, he has a Scorpio rising. And then, you know, we see some other kind of correlations. So there's a lot of different tie-ins, especially that he has related to that initial chart I showed. So does Ava DuVernay. She oh. actually, her son is nearly conjoined. Now, one thing I will say about Ava, and I've said it before and I'll go on record. I think Ava's work will be very important and has already proven important, but I've said this years ago in African-American history. By virtue of, there's a lot of parallels that she has in her chart related to that, that indentured servant chart. And I looked at the premiere of, of Selma. I've also looked at the premiere of Roots and not here in this particular talk, but I also looked at the premiere of Roots and I've also looked at um, even uh, Alex Haley's chart. So, I mean, I don't wanna give, I'm not trying to give the whole lecture because we don't have as much time, but this is some of the things I look at. So to answer the question that this person asked, you know, what's the chart of black people? Well, we have multiple charts, but we can start with like, especially if we're talking about African-Americans, perhaps that indentured servant chart. You might say like, well, why don't you start with the Olmec chart? Or why don't you start with this? Because we don't know when they came. Right. Wow, that was enlightening. Uh, and as you were talking, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, who else's chart? And what about Sirius? Yeah, well, Sirius is a, you know, Sirius. I mean, Sirius is, um, I think an important planet to, or planet star, because the Dogon have fascinating things to say about it. So for instance, Europeans believe that it's a binary star system, right? Where there are two stars that circle around each other, the Sirius A and Sirius B. Dogon disagree. Dogon believe that there are three, it's a tertiary star system. And so they call the one star, the C star, they call that the star for women. So they have a special ceremony in their tradition and their history that is related to like initiation for women. So yeah, we, we have work to do to reclaim all of that good history, all of that stuff that happened because it actually happened so that we can get back to who we really are. Yeah, uh, and, and integrate more different lessons from African cosmology, 
Um, because this is why, even though I focus more, I have focused more on being a Western astrologer, let's be clear, multiple cultures, especially within Africa, have an astrology, right? Mm-hmm. It may not work the same way. When I say work the same way, I don't mean that, I mean, it definitely worked for the Africans who use them, but they may not have counted time or used time the same way. You know, they may have thought about time more in a cyclical sense. Europeans are the people who crafted this, you know, linear sense of time that seems to, you know, expand ad infinitum into like the darkness of, of time and history. But African people thought more cyclically and they also thought more in terms of peoplehood, meaning that, you know, an event, they wouldn't start like, okay, you know, we meet at two o'clock. We, okay, let's meet, you know, as the sun rises or as the sun reaches this, you know, going toward its height. And even when the sun would reach that exact point, the event, the energy of that event wouldn't start until the people had gathered and everyone had come, right? And people say like, well, that's CP time. That was, it was the nature of time that was conditioned by the people who used time not being slaves to time, not thinking that time is its own thing. You know, time really is in relation and in the dynamic with people. Mm. Ooh, and how, and if a per, and if a group gets the opportunity to write history for everybody and they have no soul and no connection to humanity, what does that look like? That's rhetorical. No, it's, well, I'm glad you said that. I mean, I know it's, but that's that's the that's a huge thing. I've actually given a lecture on that, and actually, Larry was at that lecture where I said, you know, when people can control your notion of time, they can control you. This is why astrology is important as kind of a contradistinction to living, you know, more on a a, a global or cosmic sense of time rather than that, because the nature of the Western mind and Western history is to keep parceling out different notions of time. Like we used to live more by hours. Now it's going more by minutes. And now we're even trying to live by nanoseconds, right? And so this piecemealing of time and kind of creating this notion of time really gets away more from the larger sense of our connection to the cosmos. Let's, so. let's explore that. Let's, let's do a whole chart on time. Okay. But we're out of time right now. And so let me uh, thank you. Thank you for this. Uh, it was very enlightening as always. Follow him at SF Reynolds on Twitter. And of course, unlockastrology.com to get your chart read. Uh, thank you, Sam Reynolds. Thank Love you. It.